All right. Oh, that was a prime. That was primo for me. Gorgeous. Just there, like a nice, neat line. That beautiful spike. Okay. All right. Quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners joining us here tonight while we record another episode of In Absentia by Uber Geek Medium. Tonight's episode is episode 34. Story has bad things happened. Tonight, I'll be the GM. I'm Steve. And joining me is John. Hi, I'm John. I'm doing this faster now. I predicted Story would die a long time ago. I play Quill the Tabaxi Wizard. And Story. Hi, I'm Anne. I get to Story the Cat like half an hour. My next character, right? And Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I play Zigrit the Dragonborn Sorcerer. This is our second time doing this, so we're real practiced at it. <laughs> now, let's run through and do a quick recap. John on the front end. Okay. Uh, we did a lot of things with the Wizard Underground. Quill did some tinkering with Yavadu and got his spellbook reforged. Zigrit did some herbalizing with Tasha and knows his stuff about plants. Herbalizing, yeah. And Story did some teamwork skills, learning magic with a couple of twins, Basil. And that was, for the record, their names were Jelkis and Jorsren Stoutfern, just for posterity's sake. Then we went and we went and bought a horse and a carriage, well, a cart. Carriage is too fancy for us. And a free donkey that wasn't so free. The story then vanished, and we, through deductive reasoning, talked to Yavadu, who pointed us in a direction. Okay. Anything to add to the front end? No, that's good. I think that covered it pretty well, in a speedy way. All right, and then, Anne, if you can take it home. Uh, story was presented with a price in gold that she have, and so she went to remedy this particular issue and found a more lucrative opportunity and failed herself a very important constitution check and finds herself having not landed yet but falling off of a second story trellis where she had pricked her finger on a thorn and do you know why because every rose has its thorn <laughs> i was waiting for that all week pretty much i'm dead okay so as we left on, Story was climbing up the trellis, and then she pricked her finger, felt weak, started slipping to the soft, velvety hand of gravity. And then we cut over to uh, <laughs> to uh, Zigrit and Quill, who are trying to figure out where the hell their friend went. So, where we're going to open... To... And actually, we actually did have one little mini scene after that if you guys recall the shopkeeper gnome it's weird it's weird magic summoning ritual of some sort yeah he was gazing into the flames adding ingredients herbs into the flame and then eventually his eyes frosted over got milky white with just the reflection of an older man and a young boy on a hilltop so where we're going to start tonight is let's do something that we haven't done in a while. We're going to do a little cutscene here. Quick time event. Press E. <laughs> nice. There we go. Okay. So our scene opens as we ended in the reflection of the gnome's eyes, except for now it becomes a little more real. We open on this quiet valley, the sun kind of bathing the side of a hilltop, a house nestled onto the west side. The sun is cresting the hilltops, and rays of light are shining down on a humanoid sitting quietly on a rock. Its eyes are closed, and it seems to be resting or meditating. It has light gray skin, long white hair pulled neatly into braids, spilling out of the hood of a plain spun cloak. Deep crow's feet, and a sense of otherworldly stillness belay an outward visage of youth. A voice breaks the silence. Um, hi, Ecclesiast. Mother sent me to you. She said that it was time. The figure turns its head slightly, a smile creasing the edge of its lips. Yes, blood of mine. 
Your education is long overdue. Come, it's time for you to learn the writ. They begin walking down a path from the house down into the valley. The grass seems to be an odd hue from what Story or Ziggurat or Quill would be used to. It's not yellow or green or brown, but kind of an orangish tinge to it that none of your characters would recognize. They eventually stop to look out over a low field where white-robed figures stand with torches at the edges of tall, dried grass. Tell me, child, what do you know of the writ of peace? Child scrunches up his face in concentration and responds, clearly repeating something learned by rote. Um, the writ of peace, uh, bring the faith to those without by any means necessary. Correct. They walk further and pass armed men and women standing in ranks, facing a massive tiered pyre, upon which two dozen men and women stand. Several of them are in the finery of nobility, and the rest in religious vestments, torn and streaked with a mixture of blood and soot. A man yells from atop the pyre, yelling down in desperation, I am the lord of this land! The other lords will fall on you, and you'll face the wrath of all of Illyria! A wry smile brushes the ecclesiast's face. Child. What does the writ of virtue speak of nobles? Bring royals to their knees and let them sing a noble symphony of fire. The tall figure nods. The roped figures begin lobbing torches into the field. The fire spreads incredibly hot and fast and reaches the pyre, licking its way up the sides. And the nobles begin to cry and wail. And the priests and religious leaders begin to pray. What does the writ say of gods? Scrunches up his face again. Free peoples must not be swayed by the yoke of the gods. And the child falters for a minute. The taller figure turns with a disapproving frown. No man is greater than another. He pauses for a moment as a priest in dirty robes breaks free of his bonds on the pyre and runs towards his feet and legs are blistered and charred. Other robed figures drag him toward the tall figure as he falls. The man's clothes have all but burnt from his body. On his chest, the charred shape of a ball with many eyes. He whimpers, muttering something over and over and over again. The tall figure leans down, listening for a moment, and then sneers, <laughs> spits on the ground. He begins whispering something under his breath and pulls a gray powder from his robes. As soon as the last word leaves his lips, the wind picks up and a vortex of flame engulfs the priest. The ecclesiast smiles and he whispers to the child, All flesh is equal when burned. He straightens and begins walking away from the pyre. Oedon, follow me. The child takes one long look at the charred corpse and follows. Fade to black. And then we're going to zero in on Quill and Ziggurat, and we're going to torture Anne just a little while longer. So, Quill, um, the other dude had no idea where he was, where, where our story was. I, I'm clearly flustered about it. We need to get going here. Yes, you are, you're right. We, we do need to head out. I mean, obviously... He's looking for money. Where do you think we should look? Uh, um, I don't know. Um, you would remember that Yaladu had kind of vaguely pointed in the direction of the richer side of town. Good at tracking, like, animals. This is a city. I don't know. I could try to do some tracking here to see if I could find her. I, I'd say that's good as any. Could I do a survival check, DM? Go ahead. Roll me a survival check, sir. Ah, oh, damn, nine, which is fitting, probably for the environment anyway. Yeah, um, Ziggurat, you feel a little out of your element. You know, there's, it's not, it's not as though Story had been walking through soft earth or through thick brush where you might see something disturbed or some faint trail of her passage. Just cobblestone and lots of people. Go ahead and both of you roll me a 
Why don't you give me? Why give me an, a good old investigations roll? Ha! <laughs> Dirty twenty. An eight. Stop like looking for tracks and stuff, and it's just dust and footprints everywhere. So, Quill, at this point, you're probably a little flustered. You're irritated because Story has disappeared in the search for money, or at least feasibly. Yeah, and it's a little overwhelming. You guys were kind of prepping for leaving town, and and now you can't find Story. Logistically speaking, she needed money. Just, I mean, we could have pooled it together, unless she didn't want us to. I mean, knowing Yaladu, knowing Story, this gift is probably cruel in nature some way, so I guess she wouldn't want to tell us about it. I don't, Otto wouldn't say it's cruel. She said she wanted to get us a gift. Hey, you know. <laughs> not not to be rude, that that uh, young uh, that young bird did she maybe spent an hour and a half identifying mundane daggers so that she <laughs> she has a quite cruel streak to her. I see innocence. You know, she didn't know about it. She just learned magic. Just give her a sec. Okay, further back she gonna regret those words when story's gone. She covered me in glitter, Zigrid, but I, I see your point. Oh, never seen glitter before, but it looks like tough stuff. It's still, you got actually right I, here. I know it itches still. Best, worst little sister ever. Horribly, every day. So, Zigrid, as you are searching around, you do happen to know that Story would probably be looking for an easy mark. Either something unattended basically looking for a really rich person, if possible. And looking around, you'd see a series of shops that are obviously upscale. I think she'd probably look for... Look, she told me about her profession just a little bit while we were on our travels. She mentioned uh, something about just because people have money doesn't mean they know how to protect it. So I would imagine she's looking for somebody that doesn't know how to protect their money. Well, I mean, those with power, at least that's what I've seen in Terse. They generally cloister together and believe themselves untouchable. I, I think we do our, could do our best to uh, ask where the, the rich people are. Oh, let's have a look around the rich area. Perhaps there's something over there we could um, I don't know. Maybe we'll stumble upon her. <laughs> Maybe we'll catch her dangling out a window or something. I don't know. I hope not. That would be most definitely traumatic. Yeah, she's too skilled for something like that. I'm just joking. I mean, I, I remember she jumped off a building down into an alleyway and stabbed a man. Right, it was very impressive. I doubt she's doing anything clumsy. Like, I mean, let's just look around the rich part of the neighborhood and see what we can find. I think, if I remember right, it's over to like that direction over that way. Yeah, I think Yellow Duke pointed in direction, so let's go. All right, let's go. Okay, so you two proceed. We're going to flash over to Story for just a second here. Story. Yeah, what's up? Could you give me another constitution saving throw? Yeah, I could. I could. Got zero. Nine. Okay. So, Story, you're kind of really, really fucking groggy. And for just a second, you, like, manage to open your eyes. And right before you close them, you hear barking. And then we're going to pop back over to... Quill and Ziggret. Quill and Ziggret, you've passed the rich market. You're heading towards the outskirts of town. The houses are progressively getting larger and fancier. And the estates, like the grounds, are getting larger and larger. Quill, would it be... It's just starting to feel a little more like home. This is These, these, these places are a little like my establishment. Starting to feel familiar, if I'm being honest. I don't know. Large seems... I mean... It's too much space. It's too big. I mean, like, it's spread out. Yeah, some of these are gaudy and they're trying to be... To make a statement, I don't know. It's just the, how they're spread out. Like, you know, it's the house part, some of them have stables. I kind of like it. Oh, no, it... Like, the, the bigger footprint you leave in the sand, the easier you are to find. I don't like it. It's impossible to find anybody in the mountains. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big your place is. The mountain's always bigger. Well, that's true. It was very large. If I remember correctly, there was at least one student who did get lost. I, they, they found him, of course. I, I don't mean to imply that they're dead. That'd be horrible. I think my father found him, actually. Yeah, we did a student wander over in our territory at one point. Yeah, that was, might be the same story. Speaking of story. 
Now, a better question is, if I were Story, or you were Story, which house would we go to? Do we hear dogs barking? Why don't both of you do me a perception check? Yeah, 10. A 17. Well, I'm willing to give you advantage in this one. Okay, I'll, I'll roll it once more. A 17 is still the higher. I'm also going to ask you, Quill, since you got that nice roll, to give me an intelligence roll. That is a 22 total. Whoa! So, Quill, as you're passing these houses, you occasionally hear the sound of animals out in the yard and guards, and you think to yourself, back in the burning sands, we would occasionally have alarm animals accompanied by attack animals. One would alert, the other to fight. And as you're continuing to walk, we're going to go back over to Story. Story, roll me another constitution saving roll, please. Ten. So, Story, give yourself 1d4 damage. One. I'm okay with that low roll. So, here's the fun part. I'm going to explain this now. Every time that Story fails her con check, the hit dice is going to go higher. Of course it is. Okay. So, again, Story, you struggle awake for just a split second. Your eye kind of peeks open. And then you feel just a stab of pain in your chest. And the barking sounds just a little bit closer. Now, Ziggurat and Quill. Quill, you think you might be onto something here. Why don't you both roll a... Well, I'll let you guys RP this for just a second, and then we'll do another perception or investigation check, however you want to do it. Logistically speaking, the story was going points of weakness. You would strike at a place that doesn't have... As much guarding it. Right. <laughs> Doesn't mean there's not guards there, though. That's true. And, I mean, logistically speaking, if an animal were around, it probably could sniff even a stealthy kanku out. Do you suppose we'd hear something if there was, like, animals about? Assume so. Dogs barking or more activity than, than what's going on right now. I mean, I can hear the clink of armor, the rustle of paws on dirt. If they found something not meant to be there, they would make noise, I assume. You can hear that. It, yeah. I've become kind of accustomed to taking as much as I can in. That's incredible. And at this point, after talking with Yaladu, doing quite a bit of searching around town, and then the market, the richer market, heading to the outskirts of town to find this richer area, it is starting to get kind of dark out. Go ahead and roll me either. I'll, I'll let you do either an investigation or a perception. It's all the same for Ziggurat. Ah, nine. I got a 13. So I'm really excited about my fire genasi. <laughs> <laughs> so Ziggurat and Quill, you're both walking through the richer part of town, the outskirts with these large estates you occasionally you hear guards talking at gates and things like that. And then suddenly, one of them starts to approach the two of you. Oi! What are you two loitering around both? We are looking for our friend. He leans in. A likely story. She's rather short. Uh, bird-like. I haven't seen any bird. Well, I haven't seen any rather tall birds tonight, have you? Like a, like a big bird? Would it be, like, yellowish, or...? Uh, no, more like raven-like. Like, yeah, like a, a raven that turned into a person. Uh, no, I, I don't think I've seen that. Um, you know, it's it's been a pretty quiet day. Um, it's only been one or two carriages coming through. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, who, whose carriage came through here? Um, well, there's the, uh, there's the Firetongue family up the road, and... Um, and, and then I think, Jimmy, who was the other carriage that came through earlier? So it's the McAllisters. Yeah, the McAllisters. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, where, where do, where do the McAllisters live? And he gives you directions on, uh, estate <laughs> about 10 minutes up the road. Thank you. Um, would they be okay if, like, we imposed and asked them if they've seen our friend? Well, it is getting rather dark um you could maybe try to check in at the gate yes yes just knock and i assume they have uh, servants or someone who would come out and 
speak with them. Maybe, yeah. I guess it'd depend on which guard answers the gate. With it being so light, do you think they have, like... I was just... Where do we get attacked by, like, dogs or something? They wouldn't have anything on the estate there, would we, that we have to worry about? Oh, yeah, the fire tongues. They've got a couple of real mean bastards. No, they're going to kill us just, though. Um, I can't quite remember. They set up paint cans outside. <laughs> <laughs> Those are inside on the stairwell. Thank you very much. They have a fire trap on the back door. <laughs> oh. They cast grease. I also love the fact that you both are asking questions about the McAllisters, and I'm going to guess that's not where I am. <laughs> we don't know. But you're going to go there this. anyway. We don't know, yeah. Anyways. Okay, then we're going to flash back. Oh, go ahead. We we don't have to go that far forward. I mean, we can just ring. I assume they have like a bell, right? Just ring the bell at the gate and someone will come to us. We don't have to worry about dogs. That's true. We, don't, we got it from here. Uh, we'll, we'll be on our way anyway. Thank you. Uh, we'll probably pass through here. I, I can't imagine it'll take us more than 30 minutes. And thank you. If you get her arrested. Eyeballs you. She can't stay with you guys. He eyeballs you. I better not see you lugging anything out of here. No bags of large containers. What, what, um, what my, my backpack? Well, I suppose you're not going to hide a body in there, are you? Body? <laughs> body? I don't know what you're up to. We're looking for a friend. Well, we told you we're going we're gonna to keep walking. You can keep walking that way. We'll walk this Who way. Who knows if your friend is alive or dead, though? That scares me. I'm sorry for <laughs> asking. Okay, I'll go now. Uh, thank you for your help. Light is. <laughs> then we're going to go over to story again. <laughs> okay. Con save? St- con save. Show me the con save! 13. Okay. okay, story. Your eyes, you manage to struggle open and groggily. You claw your way out of unconsciousness. You open your eyes and you're flat on your back looking up at this trellis with these flowers on it. Do a perception check for me. 23. So you hear barking, and it sounds like it's getting closer, like it's intent, like it's searching. But up on the second story, you do see a glint of metal in one of the windows. It's kind of yellowish tint to it. One of the first floor level windows? It's inside, I see it. You see it just on the ledge of a second story window. Just by happenstance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Problem is, the character I made... She likes Shut them up. shiny things. Like she it. likes them be. shiny so, things! Go ahead and roll an intelligence roll for uh... me here, Story. I'll give you a little more uh, insight into the situation. What uh, what better way to kill a crow than with shiny baubles? Yeah, basically. Um, just intelligence or like... Yeah, just straight intelligence as okay. well. Just throwing a bag of bread out in the street. Six. Okay. So story, you're thinking, you know, it sounds like they might have caught my scent. Mm-hmm. So the choices are try to run through the yard. And there's dogs in that yard. I mean, you can hear them. <laughs> Dog fight round or two. try to get up the trellis again and hide in the house. Or you knew there is an outbuilding that the carriage went to, but you're not sure if you saw all of the people from the carriage leave the outbuilding with the carriage. Does that help your decision? Not even a little. <laughs> not even a little. Story is going to take. A day of ration, specifically jerky, which is probably all she kept was jerky and nuts. Oh, bacon jerky. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and she is going to squat up, but not fully stand up, but stay in the bushes and stuff. Like, I'm in bushes, yeah? Uh, yeah, you, I mean, as I said, you wake up and you're on your back. You can get up. Yes, Why don't but- you do a stealth roll for me if you're trying to, like, yeah. actively hide? But do I have cover? Like, did sure. I fall into bushes at the bottom of a trellis? Okay. Yeah, sure. So stealth, 12. Okay. That's okay, because she's going to take she's gonna take that jerky, that bacon jerky, that very effervescent bacon jerky, 
and she's going to kind of toss it one way, and she's going to slink along the building as far as she can away from where the jerky is. Okay. And still be, like, slinky. Let me do a few rolls for no apparent reason. Um, okay. Some of them should be at disadvantage, because left bacon out for dogs, who are probably hungry. Well, I mean, if it's really aromatic, it might be at advantage if you want them to find it as lure. Just saying. Well, yeah, but disadvantage to find me. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I should be up front, Sacred. I, I have a certain level of curiosity about things, and it, it tends to get in the way. So if ever there's a time when I'm, like, doing something that you, you find to be uh, dangerous, you, you should you should probably tell me, because I'm probably not thinking about it. It's all right. I mean, please take the lead. Honestly, you've uh, probably got a better sense of what's around us than I do at this point. Oh, we, we, we have a phrase out in the desert that, uh, you know, curiosity and to backseat, usually find themselves eventually dead. Oh, I mean, now's the time to be curious, though, right? Well, y- yes. I mean, got my whole life ahead of me. I should be curious about some things. I've got you back, mate. Uh, thank you. So, story. You hear these dogs <laughs> sniffling and snorting around, giving a bark and a yip now and again. Suddenly, you three, you hear three separate yips and then a riot of barking and tumbling in the grass. Near me? The dogs have found the bait and they are now fighting over it. Oh, I super slink. I get the fuck away. Okay. Now. Not away from the building. I'm not that smart. But. Ugh. <laughs> I find a new side of the building that's dark. So you go around the side of the building? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead and roll me another stealth check. 23. Nice. Okay. So you slink around the side of the building, and these dogs are just going nuts. Let's flip over to Ziggurat and Quill. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. There we go. 20. An 8. Okay. I get a sneaking suspicion about this McAllister place. It seems, I don't know, that, like, I feel like um, it may be dangerous. Shh, shh, just wait, just wait. Can you two do me a favor? Pick high or low? Uh, high. Sure, yeah, high. Okay. So, Ziggurat, suddenly off in the distance, you hear a shit ton of barking and yipping. Very fortuitously. I think I know where to go. Did uh, you hear that? A lot of barking happening over there. Does sound like dogs. I think we should check it out. Yeah, let's send that direction. Let's be quick about it. It'd be rather rather quick. Like, how quick? Uh, Locke, I think Story needs our help. Oh, that, that kind of quick. Yes. So you two start... Are you sprinting? I guess Hurriedly so, yes. walking. Hurriedly walking. Okay, there's definitely a distinction between the two. That's all I'm wondering about. Quickly mall walking. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking mall walking. Mall walking. Okay, let's head back over to Story. Story, you're around the side of this building. The dogs, the dogs are still fighting. And I see. In- it is dark. You can kind of glance inside. It's really faint. We'll say with moonlight, see some vague shapes. You're at what appears to be the window to the kitchen. I pop right in. Can I get into the window? So this window is not like a, a window you can easily just open up. You could break a panel of the window and get in. And I'd let you roll a stealth check for that. Because this is something story... Burgling would be something story is probably very adept at. So I would even consider letting her have advantage on that. I think I think she would try to burgle. Okay. Takes a moment, thinks about what grandma would do, and then breaks the fuck in. And advantage? Yep. 24. Okay. So story, you wrap some cloth from your pack around your fist. You put it against the center of the window, and you smack it with just the right amount of force that it cracks the window pane. And then you just gently keep wrapping at it 
until those cracks start to loosen up in the window pane, and you're able to sneak one of your little birdie claws in and start picking the pieces of glass out without letting them fall. Oh, um, I would use Mage Hand for that. <laughs> of course you would. Of course Story would. Why not? Okay. So, Story, you managed to open up one panel of this glass window, and you think it is probably large enough for you to squeeze into. I squeeze in. Go ahead, do a perception check for me. And since it is dark... 21. Let's give you disadvantage. You should say those things before. But it's so much more fun. <laughs> Eight. Okay. So it is full moonlight, so I'll give you a little bit of... It's fine. Nobody's there. It's great. So, story, as you're looking around the kitchen, you see that there are, as in any kitchen, a lot of pots, a lot of pans. It seems like there's some bread that's been left out to rise overnight. The embers in the fireplace cooking area are really low. There's just enough of a glow that you see the edge of a cot, but you can't tell if there's someone in it or not. Nice rhyme. <laughs> see the edge of a cot. You can't tell if somebody's in it or not. I'm a poet so... and I didn't even know it. Ah! She goes to how many doors or doorways are in this place? Uh, to the kitchen. There's going to be one. Sorry, I'm orienting myself. Okay, so at the window, there's going to be one straight ahead. And there's going to be one to the right. Which direction has direct light versus is dark or has light elsewhere coming in? You can you think you can maybe see a little bit of moonlight in the one straight ahead. So there's no light sources. There, yeah, there's no there's no unnatural light sources that you can tell except for the really faint glowing embers in the fireplace. And there's one to to the front, one to the right, and then the cot was to the left. The cot is kind of straight ahead and to the right. So it's tucked away in a corner. So it's between the two doors. Yes. Okay, so she is going to, as quick as she stealthily can, zip into that first door so she doesn't have to go across the room. Like, she So she's cutting along the wall to the right? The closest door, which I believe okay. is the one on the right. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Give me another stealth roll. 27. Nice. Yeah. Quiet as a whisper. You scrabble your little birdie feet along the wall. And you get to the doorway, which is dark. You're not seeing moonlight on the other side of this. You think you can reasonably, reasonably feel along the wall down the hallway. You're going to continue down the hallway? Yeah. So from what you can tell, and the fact that this is a very narrow hallway, you think maybe this is a servant's hallway. So the main door in your mind might go out to like a a dining area or a sitting area. And this is for servant access. Eventually, as you go along about 30 feet, your little birdie foot, it's what feels like a step. Going to continue up? It goes up. It goes up. Yeah. Okay. I'm not even going to make you roll for another one right now because there's nothing to oppose. You start heading up the steps. Every super cautious. I was just going to say, every time you feel that little telltale, like, sensation in your bird claw on the step, you just back off a little bit. You head towards the edge of the step where you think probably is more stable near the, the edge of the baseboards. Oh, yeah. She is, like, the whole way up. Very Straddling the stairwell. Awkward, but, like, yeah. Okay. Eventually, as you're moving, you feel another doorway and a landing. And the doorway is to the left. So into the center, towards the center of the house. Yeah. And I listen. Do another perception roll for me, please. 21. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. So story on the second floor. Um, you appear to have entered another long hallway that goes along the side of the house. Down the hallway... On either direction, 
you can hear snoring or breathing, soft breathing, but the house is dead. With all of her training, which way would the office vault or important paperwork room? Is there any hint at all? So, story you would think that a, like a study where they would do the majority of the work in the household is probably going to be on the first floor where they can receive guests easily. But Story would also know in a larger house like this, there's going to be a servant stairwell. And there's also going to be, um, for lack of a better word, like the owner's stairwell. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in the servant stairwell. Yep. So, you know, somewhere probably relatively close by, there's going to be another stairwell. Probably like a grand staircase or something like that. Something showy. Showy, but probably dead in the Maybe. Very the stairwell doesn't necessarily it isn't necessarily dead. Yeah, she's gonna sneak to the grand staircase. Well, because the study is gonna be probably somewhere near that grandeur. Okay. So... You know, playing to my character is not okay. <laughs> Go ahead, roll me another perception check, or not perception. I'm sorry, uh, stealth roll. Well, she got a 19 for perception and a 24 for stealth. She's okay. real aware of every snore as she sneaks. She so times story, it. You start heading down the hallway towards what you're guessing is the direction of the main stairwell. Your hand feels a doorway and you hear the soft, deep breathing of two different people. You gently step past. You continue on. You come to another doorway. Silence from there. You pass that. And then eventually from you get this presence or feeling of the hallway opening up a little bit. And you can see moonlight coming in through the windows onto this very ornately carved stairwell down to the first floor. Is there anywhere, like, is it just the stairwell or is it one of those where it's like looking over and there are like pillars and stuff and maybe a shadowy corner she can climb down? Uh, yeah, you could easily we could easily say that around the corner there's a there's a spot that you could climb down the side of the stairwell if you wanted to. Yeah, because she's not gonna just jaunt down the stairwell when there could be a guard or a butler acrobatic her way down. Okay, give me an acrobatics roll, and we'll just run off that same stealth roll. Nineteen. Okay, so yeah, you do a handy little I don't know whatever the hell flavor you want to add to that. It would be parkour if it wasn't so. You cat like. <laughs> She's channeling her buddy. I was gonna say you do like a super quiet cartwheel down the stairs, but if you want to go down the side, I suppose. Well, she's not gonna be dumb enough to go where they're going. I thought you'd be like, story's just showing off now. Yeah. No, no, no. She cut it too close with the dog. She is. I mean, okay. she's not smart enough to just stop, but she doesn't know her guys are outside, and she doesn't want to murder the family. So. She... Okay. Just wants to bring her buddy. Alright, so you make it down and land just inches from a very fine vase filled with flowers. And you like touch it and you're like, <laughs> you know. With a slight little to smell it. it. Smells great. I mean these are this is this is a fancy house. They don't they don't cheap out on that. Yeah, yeah. Rich people sometimes it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So on this landing there's a few tall windows, and then off to the left, you see what you assume is a side doorway for the kitchen. You mean the one that I just, like, went upstairs and by the family to avoid? Yep. Yeah, that one? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, straight across, you see an open doorway, and in the moonlight, what appears to maybe be a sitting room, and then off to the right, close to what looks like might be the front entryway, you see another doorway. And my training would say that that probably is where I'm headed? Yep. She's gonna try her best to sneak her way in that door. Wow, making, like, she's gonna to the door, make sure nobody's in there. Okay. Uh, go ahead, give me a stealth roll and a perception roll. My stealth is a 22. Perception is an 11. Alright. So, you sneak up to the doorway, you kind of peek your little birdie beak around and inside you see 
a desk, lots of books, a inkwell with a quill in it, a candle burned down to the nub, and a very elegant-looking gentleman that has fallen asleep on his desk. Does she see any stack of gold, wallet, <laughs> anything, anything else, anything very specifically that she like, could she see anything else? You do see an ornate dagger. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and right as Story looks at it, we're going to flip over to Ziggret and Quill. <laughs> we're going to really let you stew on that for a minute. Uh, what are we doing? So uh, you guys were heading towards the barking and yipping yep. and the mm-hmm. loudness. They're going to get her. <laughs> okay, so you approach this large estate. The gates are closed. You don't see an attendant immediately there, but there is like a bell. Um, you just see the dogs kind of going nuts in the yard. And in the darkness, you can see someone walking out towards them. Does that someone look like it might be Story? Like, how are they? Because she's You can't pretty... tell. It's dark. Is there a bell we can ring? Can ring I don't the bell. think if she's in there, that could blow her cover, potentially. Or provide a valuable distraction. Could. Oh, boy. We, we would need to rely on your uh, ability to charismatically deceive them. Oh, I could do that. <laughs> All right. Ziggert just reaches and rings the bell, pulls on the string. We'll think of something as they come closer. And the figure that was walking towards the dogs stops for just a second, looks at the dogs, and then starts walking towards the gate. Act tired. I'm always tired. Good. (laughs) And then this figure comes closer, and you you see it. It seems to be a very neatly dressed gentleman. Uh, He does have a club at his hip. It's, um, afternoon? No, no. It's late, it's sorry. It's later than that, um, mate. Good evening. What um, what can I do for you folks? Um, You could quiet your dogs down, for, for starters. I don't mean to come off rude here, but we're in the middle of trying to entertain our guests, and all we can hear is the incessant barking of your dogs. What, um, what, a, what a state are, are you two hailing from? Um, I'm not, I don't remember seeing you around the neighborhood. Plus, you wouldn't notice us. Nobody notices us. Who is who is this, my man? This pebble in my side. I belong to a glorious tribe of Tabaxi. I have come to this petty little place to provide. What is it? Um. Oh yes, trading accommodations to these people. Tell tell this peon. He stands before a fine member of the Tabaxi tribe, the Swill Willows. Can you two both roll me a deception, please? Can, can I give Secret advantage? <laughs> I'll give you, you know what? I'm going to give you both advantage because technically speaking, it's a half truth. I was going to say, did you use your Doesn't real matter. name? Natural 20. Nice. Uh, it's for a 24 total. And uh, like, oh, I'm so I'm so sorry. Um, um, let me let me go get some help and I'll we'll get these you, dogs. No, just wait. Them. Hold on. Do you even know your neighbors? Like, honestly. Well, I mean, not like, we're not like buddies. We don't go to each other's barbecues. I mean, I just, I work here, man. You you just like accusing us like, you guys don't belong in this neighborhood, do you? Just because of what, the way we look? What? Of course not. No, no. Why why would it be that? (laughs) Why would you think that? You just assume we don't live around these parts? I mean, my fellow here, sure, he's new in town, but like, you would have noticed people like us around here when the village is mostly people like you I'm, I'm, I'm okay i'm sorry i'm sorry about the dogs um uh ooh, ooh, um ooh, um uh can i get you something um oh shit shit well um uh, this is gonna go on my performance review i know it <laughs> if we say something it will um if you take a minute my esteemed colleague here, he is working on his sales pitch. I, I don't want to destroy Sigrid's beautiful bluster. 
I rolled a six. <laughs> what is what does Quill say as a sales pitch? Um, uh, the Swill Willows are looking for riches beyond belief, fine jewels, big dogs. <laughs> like I said, he's working on it. It's, can you just like spend some time with us? Honestly, <laughs> this whole thing we'd let it blow over. If you just ten, take like 15 minutes with us oh and God. give him some honest critiques. I, I, I give him some, but I've given him plenty throughout his life. Okay. Sue doesn't know why, but as she's staring at this dagger, she feels this overwhelming love for her guys. <laughs> she just, it pops in her head like, they're really awesome. Big dogs. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I, I you know, <laughs> honestly, look, mate, what would actually help is if you brought your dogs here, had them sit down, and we get like an audience. He has to give this big presentation to the, the, the like, I don't know, okay. board member, whoever's in charge of the town. Here's what I'm going to do for you, too. <laughs> I'm going to roll an insight check. I guess my natural 20 seems fair. Um, my 24. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it once. And I was going to okay, give okay. him disadvantage okay. and the insight check against uh, against cigarettes <laughs> 20. But we're going to say that that six cancels out that advantage. We're just going to do a straight roll. Big dogs. <laughs> I kind of oh played my odds. And right now. Okay. The best part and, is, is like, no matter what, he's going to be like, okay, this guy is telling me the truth, but this fucker, which honestly, if it's a salesperson practicing a pitch, is about the right feeling. Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, okay. <sighs> so, he's still going to have to beat, I'm going to say he's still going to have to beat Ziggit's roll. <laughs> oh... You know what? Even if he had to beat Quill's roll, I'm going to show you guys. <laughs> He's so panicked. He's uh, like, oh, I, um, yeah, anything, anything. I, I can't afford to have a bad performance review again. Um, yeah, I just I need this job, man. Well, you'd be happy to listen, I suppose. It's uh, the least you can do for us for making assumptions based on our appearances. I mean, yeah, of course. And honestly, I mean, we might need some big dogs. I mean, these aren't obviously working out. I don't know what the hell they're going nuts over, but yeah, they're supposed to be guard dogs guarding us against people sneaking into the house. But bring them over here. Honestly, they're obviously not doing a good job. Obviously not. They might as well be members of the audience. So bring them over here, too. Yeah, of course. Of course. He walks over. And dogs, dogs, and he starts grabbing at them. Did I, did I do a good job, Sick? No. Oh, oh that's Well, fair. I could work with it. That's, I could work um, with it. Two of the dogs turn on him when he grabs at them because they're going at the bacon. <laughs> jerky. <laughs> Has he noticed that they're eating bacon? Bacon uh, he's jerky? He's so scared about his job right now. <laughs> he's getting bit over there you probably <laughs> honestly if he comes back like do your best just be you on your sales pitch um whatever you want to sell honestly yeah he's a good cover <sighs> just give stories they knocked to... him down <laughs> on his back <laughs> i'm not climbing the fence but he still <laughs> hasn't questioned bush bacon well he's being mauled right now he's being mauled by back. two dogs right now okay but I've had a dog turn on me, and I still knew, like, where's that food from? <laughs> What's what? he going to do about it, though? <laughs> He's uh, getting mauled. He is now yelling and screaming. Does that man I need mean, our help? Oh, God. Is he going to wake up the guy? It's, we, what, is, what do we do here, Quill? And then suddenly you hear a gurgling noise. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 um, we should just walk away. I, let's let's look for another way around the fence. I, maybe I I I often trust in my ears, Sigrid. Is is that man dead? <laughs> You've got good ears, Quill. 
Oh, oh my god. That's Between good, that and baby. big dogs. <laughs> um yeah, look, he got what was coming to him, honestly. I had really thought we had gotten uh, gotten better, Sigrid. I I had assumed that we had done a good job here. What do what do we do in this case? Honestly, like, what do we do? We just asked him to go get some dogs. He's supposed to have them trained, mate. I'm getting some distinct feelings that this is just as bad as Hightower, Sigrid. I'm I'm somewhat scared. No, 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 no. You both get the impression that there's a reason he did not do well on his performance. Does this mean Story well, killed him via honestly, bacon? <laughs> Quill, let me let me ask you on a sleep first. Let's step aside and get out of the front of the gate here. We're gonna yes, have to start. Don't step here. This is terrible. <laughs> but no, no, listen. Honestly, it's fine. Like it's he's dead. That's not fine. But we didn't do anything to make him dead. It's, but okay. we asked him to go get <laughs> While the dogs. Why are arguing? They're his see. trained dogs, though. Like they, he <laughs> trained them, and he didn't train them right. This is, this is just like me asking Goodfree to take the necklace off. It's. Uh, I feel really bad. This is our next to... audiogram right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like Goodfree asking me as you two are arguing. You see a faint light. From the front doorway of the house. <laughs> I'm sorry, of the outbuilding. Someone has lit a torch and starts walking out towards Zigrit and Quill. We, we and we're going to go back to side door, door right? We, yeah, we stepped away from the gate. <laughs> yeah, you guys stepped away. He's going to head towards the front gate, though. And then we're going to flash over to story. As Quill begins to hyperventilate. <laughs> Okay, so with all this noise outside, has the guy woken up? Um, he... He has not. Okay. <laughs> uh, has Story heard the noise outside? Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. At advantage, it's dark out and it's quiet. Oh, hell yeah, Story's heard it. So, 18. So she's heard the dogs go away. And then yelling. And, and then yelling. And then a cessation of yelling. Yeah. Without any context of this poor man who just wanted to feed his family. <laughs> I mean, as far as you know. She's going to skedaddle. Weird okay. noises outside from the guard dog. She's going she's gonna to cut and run. Is she going to head for the front door or the kitchen? She is going to... Yeah, she's going to go through the kitchen as quietly as possible and go through that window. <laughs> go ahead, roll me a stealth, please. 17. Okay. She's she's concentrating a little more on speed than quiet, but she still has stand. Okay. <clears throat> you make it to the kitchen and roll me another perception check. Six. It's fine. Everything's fine. Story, you walk into the kitchen. Are you going for that door that's right there? I'm assuming you're not going back up through the servants. No, yeah, she's thing. going trying to get the hell out <clears throat> of this place. She has made yeah. mistakes it has dawned on her their mistakes. She's trying to get. Story books it through the kitchen, climbs through the hole in the broken window panel, and as okay, as she climbs out, she glances back and sees the cot in the corner of the kitchen again, and doesn't see anybody in it. Yeah, she's she has yeeted herself through the window. And she is running away from where the last place she heard the dog noises. Okay. And away from um, any light she may see. Okay. And then, story, you make it to the edge of the property, and there's a high fence around the property. Climbable? Climbable, yeah. All right, yeah. Acrobatics right over it. 16. Okay. Make it over. You stumble a little bit and fall on the other side, but you make it over. Gonna head back towards the road. Does she hear her guys arguing? Is Do that the direction check she for went? Me. <laughs> I thought, I thought the first town we, we don't leave no, look, with something yes. on fire. The story does hear. Quill, <clears throat> no, listen. She Quill. sneaks up behind her guys. If you remove us out of this situation, it was him walking up to the dogs that got him 
you know, like he would have walked up to the dogs anyway. I, I just feel like we're involved deeply and intrinsically in this man's death. <laughs> How she could we stops. possibly have been involved? And she, you hear her stop. You hear the step, step of the. Do they hear like? Yeah, you guys can do a certainly do. What's your passive perception? Oh, it's eleven. It's not good. Quill's passive is fifteen. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. At at this man's death, in this man's death, she stopped stealthing behind them. She thought she was going to be funny. They came to find her. They actually did get close. She was kind of proud of them. And this man's death. And she... <gasps> <laughs> Quill, it's it, just take take a breath. Take a breath. It, it's the man, the man died, probably, and that's bad. But we didn't do much to contribute to that. Other than asking him to go get dogs that he was supposed to be under control of. Story reaches down, grabs a, gr- a handful of dirt, and throws them at her guys. Stuart <laughs> whips around and pulls his wand out of its uh, little like holster in its sleeve. Uh, hi. Who did you kill now? <laughs> N- nobody. Honestly. That's I leave you alone for like two hours. I understand that it was more, but it's fine. Like two hours <laughs> and you kill someone hold on you're lecturing us but we had to come out here to find you we didn't kill anyone let's be clear he he went to go get his dogs and i mean we lied we lied to get him to go get the dogs and he went to the dogs and the dogs and they murdered him Kill. It was it was the dogs, honestly. The dog, whatever happened to the dogs, that's what killed them. But it was, it was went... not lie. He he did this. Look again. Okay. I can Our hear. Allah is what sent them to her dogs, but they were his dogs that he had to go retrieve anyway. About this time, it's the, the necklace all over again. Approaches the gate, <laughs> and hears you all arguing. Probably. Um. Who died? What? Uh, story hides in a bush. She's stealthy. <laughs> she is done. She is black. It is night. She is gone. Give me a Secret perception roll, around. please. What? Give me a perception. Uh, stealth, sorry. Fifteen. Okay. Zigrid turns around. Hello. Um, you have a gentleman that's in the yard somewhere that just got attacked by your dogs, and we were trying to figure out how to get him help. <clears throat> the gate's locked. We rang the bell. He came, and... We wanted to give him a little sales pitch, and he went to go check on his dogs, and then they attacked him. Uh, can you give me a deception bonus? Yeah. Fifteen. Story has brought out her crossbow. You were so goddamn lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks a little skeptical. He goes, um, he's dead, though? We don't know. We haven't been able to go check on him. That's why we're here. Arg- arg- arguing. Honestly, look, my compatriot here, he's pretty shooken up about the whole thing. Could you just go check on him, let him maybe see if he's okay? That probably is the best thing to do instead of here staring at us. Just, I just, I just wanted to sell so, Yeah, yeah, of course. He goes, oh, God, I don't know. I, I can't have another bad performance review. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he runs over and the dogs look at him a little aggressively. And he just shakes his torch at them. <laughs> and they run off. Get out of here. They scatter. Are you guys bolting? Should we hold on? Before the fear grips, do we stay? In, I mean, we, we st- stick out like, you know, a tabaxi and a dragonborn in a city of humans. I, I, I thought we would get to, like, say goodbyes and wave to the people with triumphant heroes. <laughs> So, so the guard is gone. The guard is otherwise occupied. He is shaking. He's he's waving his torch at the dogs. Okay, and yeah. Story them off. runs out and grabs her guys and pushes them. Like we're done, all done. Okay. As you guys are leaving the estate, you hear shouting and barking, and lights start coming on all over the estate. And we run. Story, as we're walking, running away. Where were you, Story? I was fine. <laughs> ah. I killed no one. 
We um, didn't either. To the I was fine. Can you do a deception roll for me? <laughs> and give me insight, please, gentlemen. Oh, okay. <laughs> a, a nine. <laughs> I got a six. I also got a six. So. Well, you beat her then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you guys see right through the bullshit. She honestly, was not story. Fine. It's hard to not think that the dogs had something to do with you to start with. You accuse me? Sigrid, can you do a perception roll for me? <laughs> oh, God, it was going to be a 19, a 3. Okay, yeah. Somehow, she signs in a high-pitched voice. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's... <sighs> it's all about inflection with the movement. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if an animal is going to attack its owners, they were either mistreating it or it was poorly trained. So... I don't feel bad. I love how pragmatic Zigrid is about that. <laughs> the man. I, t- I told him I wanted to sell him big dogs. What kind of idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you could have told him you were selling him a larger gate, and it would have made it. He was still checking on the dogs, and they chewed his throat out. We've killed our DM. We've we've <laughs> just, I just can can we go back to the cot, please? I just wanna, I, I just wanna go. I just wanna leave this place. Yeah, let's leave. Town. Yep. Tonight. Now. Yeah, it's ready to go. Honestly, story. We were waiting for you. It's not. Hey, you know, it's not blame. It doesn't matter. We just let's just get out of here. Oh my god, that was great. <laughs> So okay. the cart and everything is back at the magic place? Yep. Yep, that's back at the undercrow. Cool. So I get everybody back. We get everybody back. And I try to stealth them and get them around buildings and to the underground. Okay. Uh, it's outside of the underground. The cart is, is we'll say, they do have an area outside of the warehouse that they've that it's they warehouse. put it. Yeah, it's a warehouse. Is there anybody from the warehouse nearby? Uh, not this the... late at night. No, you don't see you don't see anyone. Would there have been somebody at the door? If are you guys going inside? Uh, no, I mean, like, if I were to knock on the door, would the face show up? Yes, okay. yes, there'd be the person. Uh, so when we get back, we've gotten back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna quick write a note that says, three of us love you all very much. We need to. Things need to be done." out of town, and I'm going to knock on the door, <laughs> hand it over. Bye! And then... Will just crawls into the back of the cart and curls up with his, like, backpack. <laughs> okay, Fred, we failed enough today. Let's, let's go. <laughs> and Story is, like, to the cart. She is the one driving, because it is now a get-away situation. Skullcrusher climbs into the wagon with Grill and, like, curls up with him. <laughs> Ziggert kind of hunched over next to Story. <sighs> we did say goodbye to everybody. We, like, ready to go. Yeah, so we're oh, good, she is honestly. The moment everybody is on the cart, they're going. Okay. <laughs> As She hasn't cart. even specified a way. Just go. As you're driving the cart, being drawn by Fred the horse, ridden, snuggling with Quill in the back, is Skull Crusher the donkey. <laughs> I love saying that. Or, sorry, Head Crusher the donkey. And Ziggret, uh, I guess sullenly sitting next to Story. Rethinking not... all of his life story- his choices. <laughs> Ziggret's fine. You do. Start to hear shouting off in the distance. Goes a little faster. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Thank you to all of our listeners tonight. I hope you enjoyed Story somehow pulling that out of her ass. I did write an eventuality where Story didn't make it. Because I felt that that was necessary. <laughs> um, Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode tonight and has if you've been enjoying in absentia, 
we would thoroughly appreciate you giving it a like or a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on. If you're following us here on Twitch, or if you're watching us and you haven't followed us here on Twitch, consider hitting that follow button because shit don't get crazy sometimes around here. As always, I'm your GM, Steve. With me tonight, seriously regretting the horrible choices the fellow heroes have made, is John. Hi, I'm John. I play Quill, the tabaxi wizard, and Steve has once again made me kill another innocent human being. <laughs> and Anne. Hi, I'm Anne, Arkanku Rogue, and we'll get to continue her reign of terror. And Mark. Hi, I'm Mark, and I played Ziggert, the Dragonborn Sorcerer, and I also just realized that Ziggert and Quill, the first letter of both of their names, are the highest scoring letters in Scrabble. <laughs> nice. For more Scrabble facts, <laughs> please stay tuned tomorrow. 